You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. Yo, what's going on, everybody? I'm Jimmy Kemsky from PhillyVoice.com. With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Gowden from BleedingGreenNation.com. Brandon, we're here on Saturday uh, late afternoon, early evening, uh, after the Eagles cut down to 53 players. So no more 53-player projections from you or me. We have the 53. How you doing, buddy? Jimmy, doing all right. Obviously, we'll keep this episode relatively, uh, we'll, we'll, you know, breeze through because, you know, some of these things are going to change by Sunday evening when the practice squad and, and cuts, you know, there's, this is the initial 53, you know, there's still a lot to be sorted out, but we'll give you our instant take on it here. Before we get to it, Jimmy, I want to mention that I'm on a new podcast. You might not know this. I did not but, know uh, this. The SB Nation NFL show is launching. Uh, it's a weekly. There's like episodes each weekday during the NFL season here. Michael Pist is going to be on uh, episodes on Mondays and Wednesdays doing some things. I'm going to be on Tuesdays. Podcast is called the Off Day Debrief, a.k.a. the Oddcast. A uh, little pun for you there. I'm teaming up with Rob Guerrera, who you might be familiar with, Jimmy, an audience listener. Uh, goes by stats. He was on the Mike and Mike show for a while, and he worked with... Uh, Mike Florio on Pro Football Talk. Okay. So excited to do that with him. Should be fun. And obviously also BGN Radio brought to you by Rich's Fell and Craft Turkey. Go get this team meat snacks that the Eagles do by going to RichesFellon.com and using discount code BGN15 at checkout for 15% off. That's BGN15 at RichesFellon.com. Meat snacks and non-meat snacks. Check it all out. Jimmy, let's get it started. Yeah, position by position, I guess. Yeah. Quarterback, don't even need to say anything. Yeah. Well, the one thing I will say, I, I've recal- I recalibrated who I think will be inactive again. Uh, week one after they went after you know we we have the 53 man roster in front of us so it'll be actually it won't be it'll be so like my question to howie was can you tell us who's going to be on ir and then i rattled off a couple names and he said well one of those guys is gonna is gonna be on it and two of the names that i said were rager and parks mm-hmm. so i would guess it would be parks probably parks. will be on ir so i guess i wouldn't include him in the inactives but i would have that's assuming Rager isn't on IR. I would have him, Alshon, Quez Watkins, Casey Tuhill, and you can probably find somebody else pretty easily. Um, again, like you said, the roster is going to change a lot. But my guess is that uh, Jalen Hurts is probably going to be active week mm-hmm. one. It's certainly not a, a definite. Uh, he could be inactive, but I think he's going to be up week one, if for no other reason than to just have him kind of lingering there. <laughs> Running back, the Eagles only kept three. Uh, Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, Corey Clement. They'll probably bring back either Elijah Holyfield and or Adrian Killens on the practice squad, I would think. I would agree um, with that. First time I they've guess, kept fewer than four in the Doug Howie, Jim Schwartz era. Yeah. And I guess it's possible they could add a fourth if someone becomes available they like, but they're not going to add like Adrian Peterson. Mm, I don't I'm, see it. <laughs> I don't see it either. Uh, but... Yeah, I, I do actually think they're going to add another running back for okay. 
week one. I think running back's going to be added and somewhere else, uh, a guy's going to be taken off. I look at that as like, like you could put Holyfield and you could do that thing, you know, now where you can just bump a guy up, like the new, you know, the, the elevate two guys from the practice squad. But yeah. Now here's the biggie <laughs> wide receiver. Actually, that's not the biggie. Corner's the biggie. But uh, wide receiver, a big surprise anyway. I don't know if any of the uh, Eagles beat writers had uh, Alshon Jeffrey. Tim McManus did. Oh, did he? Okay. Oh, that's right. You're right. He did. Coming off of Pup and just flat out making the 53-man roster. So you have Deshaun, uh, Rager, JJ, Ward, Hightower, Watkins, and Alshon. So Alshon begins the season, not on Pup. And uh, in our uh, in our interview session with Howie, Howie was asked, "Well, I guess that means you think he's going to be ready uh, before the uh, time on his time on pop were to expire." And Howie said, "Yes, that uh, both the team and uh, Alshon himself believe that he will be ready before Week Seven, which is when he would be eligible to come off of pop." At the same time, Jimmy Jeff McLean is reporting that the Eagles are still trying to trade Alshon Jeffrey. You know, my thought here is, well, uh, this makes him more marketable, right? Putting him on the roster, like, hey, he, he's healthy, right? Like, kind of signal the team. It's like, he's, he's fine. He's going to be ready to play soon. Go get him. They've been trying to trade him for like a year now. <laughs> so, like, they haven't had a, any luck there. Uh, I don't, I don't, I, I think that their uh, their luck is, is going to continue to be dry in trying to trade Alshon. I wonder when he will come back. And it mm. opens up a debate on whether they should so, like, if the receivers are playing well, and we've already mentioned this on the podcast, but if they're playing well, do you mess with it? Like, do you shoehorn him back into the lineup and into a prominent role in the offense? That's probably a discussion for down the line. Uh, certainly, if they're not playing well and they can use the help, and yeah, you get him right back in there if he's healthy. But, uh, yeah, surprise to me for sure that, um, I mean, a huge surprise to me that, that he didn't just stay on pop because he looked nowhere near ready to play during training camp because he didn't do he didn't do anything on like when the when the team's practicing just for the listeners like when a guy's on pop they're usually off on a side field running working out doing that kind of stuff but he wasn't doing none of that like he'd throw a ball to himself a little bit you might have a catch with somebody a little bit here and there but he wasn't running he wasn't doing anything like that maybe he was doing it at other times but he wasn't doing doing it during practice which is when that those guys which is when guys would normally do that like Jalen Mills for example was off running on a side field for almost the entirety of training camp last year he stayed on pop didn't come back until week 7 i wonder if maybe mills was ready to play before his time on pop was over and they don't want to make that same mistake again but uh, I don't know. Uh, again, big surprise to me that that he didn't just stay on pup, and they're they're using a roster spot on him uh, with him sort of being out uh, of the lineup for for now for the foreseeable future. Derek Gunn said that Jeffrey quote isn't expected to be ready until October at the earliest. So that's what okay. Dion is saying. Um, that was earlier, or that was like last week, last Sunday. So Just for my travel planning, I know that week four is is in San Francisco. That is the first week of October. So there's only three games in September. Mm-hmm. You know, if he's back week four, for example, and you yeah. really want him to play, then yeah, it makes sense to roster him as opposed to keeping on, on pop. Uh, but you know, we'll see, Hey, we'll see, we'll see when he comes back and, uh, if he's even necessary to come back, depending on how well the wide receivers are playing. And I wonder what that says about the Rager injury, if anything, just a quick thought, maybe it doesn't, but just wondering, you know, if they, they want that insurance, you know, just like 
to have another guy around in case they, that's worse. They don't worse. know if JJ's going to be good. Like they thought. Like, I mean, we, you and I both think he had a good camp, but let's see it in a real game before we believe it. Uh, tight end only two. Like so, I I was right on that. <laughs> you I are. was right about that. Yeah. Uh, I I just didn't think Tongi Yai was anything that you had to keep. And uh, although it's possible the Eagles could add him back, you know, on the roster if he clears waivers and they open up the roster spot, but I don't think they will. I think they're just going to go the practice squad route where if they need that third guy, they'll just bump him up, um, you know, using that new system. It's Ertz and it's Goddard. And, yeah, I, I just think people got too, like, into this idea, like, they have to keep three because they run 12 personnel. Like, I get that. Like, that makes sense to me when you say it, but they, the way they've acted, they don't really feel that way. You know, it's funny that they're probably going to run more two tight end sets than uh, any other team in the NFL. And Again. they're going to have fewer tight ends on their roster uh, at least tied for that than any other team in the NFL. <laughs> That's true. You know? Makes sense. <laughs> right. Offensive line. They went a little light there, but there's probably a ninth guy on the way. Offensive line, they kept uh, JP, of course, uh, Samalo, Kelsey Pryor, Lane Johnson, Nate Herbig, Jack Driscoll, Jordan Mailata. I think we both had, uh, both erroneously had Prince Tego Winogo making the final. Yes. Uh, right. Did you have a 10th guy too, or did you just have nine? No. So you had nine. nine. Okay. So uh, we were both surprised by that. Uh, mildly surprised, I guess. And then, uh, of course, the Eagles brought in Cordy Glenn for a workout. Mm. Uh, Howie actually just explained to us a, a bit ago that he hasn't physically worked out for them yet. It's a three-day process. First two days is for COVID testing. He'll, he'll work out the third day. And, um, yeah, it sounds like they're probably going to sign him <laughs> as yeah. long as like that workout doesn't go horribly. And uh, I actually just did a, uh, I wouldn't say a film breakdown of him because I didn't include any video or anything like that. But I did watch all of his snaps. A film from, analysis. From 2019. And there weren't a ton of them. So he only he only started five games. And he only played the entirety of the game in four of them. So I was able to get through that, you know, relatively quickly. He's a big guy. Like, he's huge. He's, you know, 345 pounds. He's got super long arms. He's not going to push him back into the pocket. Like he's sort of a brick wall in that regard. As you might imagine, for a guy that's almost 350 pounds, he's not the you know not the niftiest <laughs> offensive lineman in terms of you know quickness and and, uh, and and foot speed. So I think he you know and he showed in, in in the snaps that I watched that he is a little bit vulnerable to speed around the edge. He's, you'd think that like a guy like that would be really good against the run or at least be able to kind of move guys uh, off the line of scrimmage in the run game. He doesn't do that. So really, like his appeal to the Eagles would just be that. He's this big guy. You're not going to push him back into the pocket. He, he maybe he's maybe a little susceptible to the speed rush. But if you're Doug Peterson, that's a, a if you if you know how he's going to get beat or how he's likely to get beat, you can game plan for that kind of guy a little bit better. So I think he's a guy that you can sort of get by with, mm -hmm. and I think that's really all they need because they're not going to get by with a guy like Matt Pryor, and they're not going to get by with a guy like Jordan Mailata, in my opinion. You know, hearing from Howie Roseman, it sounds to me like really the plan still is to have Jason Peters at right guard, and 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 that he case, was pushing it. <laughs> in that case, I think you know Cordy Glenn would be your starting left tackle, and I just I don't love that. You know, I think it should be Peters at left or left tackle, prior at right guard, and I and I do like Cordy Glenn as a swing tackle. That makes all the sense in the world to me. That'd be a great, I think that's a like really good signing because you don't have that proven depth right now behind Jason Peters if he's playing left tackle and he does get hurt. You can't just have Mylotta or Pryor or Driscoll step up there, like be the first man up there. So, and I do think they will sign Glenn. Yeah. The, the other thing with these visits, it's important to note that like, 
I think the NFL has kind of changed like the the procedure on them in terms of like you have to actually want to sign that guy. Like, you can't just bring in people for that casual interest yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't just like right. oh, I'm just working them out, uh, kicking the tires. Like you can't do that. You have to like have actual interest. You don't have to definitely sign them, but you have to be like you know seriously interested in them. And I, and I think they are, and uh, and I think they will uh, sign Glenn at some point here again. Assuming like the you know the workout isn't like a disaster. The thing I'll add about Glenn real quick is uh, he's good enough where he shouldn't be available in September. Like, he should be on somebody's roster. And right. I believe the reason that he probably wasn't was because last year, like, he, he had hit issues in Cincinnati. Like, he almost got into, like, a physical altercation with another coach. Like, he got suspended for a game. He got fined, I think, 200K uh, mm-hmm. for, for the, you know, for those kinds of incidents. Like, he was missing pra- or was late or whatever to, to practices and, and stuff like that. So, uh, it kind of ended badly for him uh, in Cincinnati last year. They cut him. Uh, in March, that that was kind of an obvious move for them anyway because they saved nine point five million on the cap, and that's a team that obviously wants to get younger with how bad they are. They were two and fourteen a year ago, uh, so I think all that contributed to him still being available in September. So the Eagles, in a way, are kind of lucky that he was still there. Uh, if they do, in fact, sign him, of course there is that risk, <laughs> you know, that he can be that he can be a problem in Philadelphia too. But I think, yeah, obviously, with the way that their offensive line is looking heading into this season and the concern that it is, you take that risk at this point. They also have some connections to Glenn in that, uh, you know, Jim Schwartz was a defensive coordinator, uh, you know, with the Bills when Glenn was there, so they know him from there. Jeremiah Washburn um, is friends, I believe, with Doug Marone, Mike Kay, uh, former BGN Radio uh, co-host and and Blue Green Nation contributor, Mike Kay, pointed out that – uh, yeah, Washburn and Doug Marone, I think, were, like, friends growing up, um, you know, so there's a connection there. And important Pre- to Press note Taylor. that, yeah, Press Taylor is the brother of Bengals head coach Zach Taylor. So, you know, kind of get some insight from there. So, you know, they have the cohabitation matrix all set up on that, um, or at least you would think, uh, you know, with those connections. Yeah, so, but again, I just don't love it, though, if he's the starting left tackle. Like, I just, they have to pay Jason Peters, and it doesn't seem like they are, and that is crazy to me. Anything else on the offensive line, Jim? I have nothing else on the offensive line. Do you should, we go to, on, should we go to break here? Well, do you have anything on Kristen Roach from Roach Well, wow. <laughs> you just you just blew my trivia question. I was gonna say, I was gonna ask you who all the lords and queens and earls and dukes of the land uh, voted best realtor in the history of the universe. Hmm. It was Kristen Roach, as you mentioned, oh. of, of of Roach Realtors. So if you're looking to buy or sell your home, call or text Kristen uh, at eight five six. 906-9295. Again, 856-906-9295. Brandon? Back after this. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Back here on BGN Radio episode 145, breaking down the Eagles' initial 53-man roster. Again, there will be changes here. We'll have those covered on Bleeding Green Nation and Jimmy's at Philly Voice and obviously here on BGN Radio. So you know, stay tuned to all that good stuff. We have practice squads being able to be formed as soon as 1 p.m. on Sunday, September 6th. Also, the waiver wire results will come out after noon on the same day, Sunday, September 6th, which is probably when you are potentially listening to this. Um, Jimmy, before we get into the defense here, uh, I, I just want to say, you know, like, again, football season's coming up here. You're going to need some snacks on Sunday to get you through the game. And why not? And get some rice just fell on craft jerky, the meat snacks that fuel your Philadelphia Eagles. The fans listening to this, that's right, rice just fell on jerky and snacks sticks are served at the Novacare Complex Fueling Station where players get their pre and post workout protein fix. If it's good enough for the Eagles, it's got to be good enough for you as well. So, you know, it's a no brainer to me. And look, you know, I was never the biggest uh, beef jerky guy. I tried Righteous Felon. I'm like, hey, this is actually pretty good. And I think anyone who I've given that to has said the same thing. Like, they're like, oh, this is this is really good. And again, you don't eat meat. Like, I get it. Like, but go to their site at RighteousFelon.com. They have non-meat snacks, too. You can check those out. And you can use code. And they also have gear and stuff, too. So, you know, like, the options are endless. And you can use discount code BGN15 at checkout to get 15% off. So, go do that. I love meat snacks, buddy. Defense, Jimmy. Defensive end. <laughs> yes. They keep six. I know one of them is going to make you very mad. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> we have Brandon Graham, uh, Derek Barnett, Josh Sweat, Benny Curry. We all knew that those four were going to make the team all along. Uh, and then, of course, you have Casey Tuhill, who cracks the roster as the team's final pick in the seventh round. Uh, how he even said, actually, that he was facing sort of an uphill battle to make the roster. Mm. And uh, I thought he showed a little something in camp. Uh, had him on about halfway through through camp. Uh, had him on my final 53 projection. And then finally, the sixth defensive end, Gennard Avery. What a Makes joke. the team. What oh. that? <laughs> That's so pathetic. He did nothing. To, he did nothing to deserve. Nothing. He didn't do a single thing other yeah. than be the guy that Howie Roseman traded a fourth round pick for the deadline last year, inadvisably. Like, they better be putting him in IR. Like, this, that better be the plan of why they kept him on the roster. Even that is stupid, though. Like, like Joe Osman deserved to make this team. Not only just because of what he did this summer, but last is year as well. And you know he's going to help you out in special teams. Like I just don't. And how do you feel if you're Joe Osman and you work your butt he's off? Like, this he's summer? like when you're watching Rudy and Rudy keeps checking the list to see if he's like active on game day and he's he's got his finger going down the list and he can like all you know all his, all, his, all the other Notre Dame players are all they, they like pat him on the back like. <laughs> You know, like maybe next time, buddy. It's, it's like Joe Osman right now. He's like looking down the list for his name. He's like, oh, not again. <laughs> <laughs> he deserves it, though. He, uh, he did. Uh, I, I thought he deserved the roster. Surely over Gennard Avery. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't have a problem with him not making the team over somebody else, maybe elsewhere on the roster. Like, just if, just if they felt that they mm-hmm. couldn't keep, you know, six defensive ends or something like that. Because I would have had two hill over Osman, too. So, like. If okay. they just felt like he couldn't, they couldn't fit him in for whatever reason. But to, but to lose out to Avery, there's ah. just really no justification for it because they're both similar players too. So it's not even like they're two different like body types or they have two different skill sets. Like they're going to be used, or in theory, they would be used similarly. And that they're both sort of undersized guys. They both have really good athleticism. They both were maybe going to line up in sort of that Joker role. You got to move them around a little bit to kind of get them matchups and stuff like that. 
So, like, you know, the, to to choose Avery over Osman is, uh, as you said, surely only because the Eagles used the four, they traded a fourth round pick for him at the deadline last year. Osman's also younger than him, only by a couple months, but still, <laughs> I like, didn't realize like, that. That's funny. Yeah, like, oh, that's, yeah, that's about right. Yeah. Well, what, what year was Avery? Twenty eighteen. Uh, I, I guess. Undrafted. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So Osman would have been the same, right? Yeah, he was undrafted rookie pre in the same year. Yeah, I just Avery and I. I said on the podcast, and I said it in my notes. I don't know if people, you know, will remember this, but like, this is a guy who I saw getting stoned in one on ones <laughs> by like Julian Good Jones. Yeah, like who Jeff Statlin couldn't even remember his name, and like <laughs> received one of the smallest undrafted rookie pre signing bonuses on the team, and was like really just a camp body. Yeah, and you know, this is the same guy who like Jordan Mailata had no problem with him. You know, was getting wrecked. Regularly by Joe Osman, but like Avery, eh, you know, light work. So I just, I really just don't get it. We can move on. <laughs> right. Uh, all right. Defensive tackle. Uh, they went light here. Uh, yeah. Cox, Hargrave, Jackson, Ridgeway. It was really a rare place that they went chalk, in my opinion, on the roster. Their quarterback, and that's it. Like, you, oh, and, and, and I specialists. would say tight end. But yeah, I, I would not say tight end. I think well, more me, people a had a third tight end than not. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know that for sure, but I think there was a uh, team Tongi eye out there. Anyway, you're right. Chalk. Um, uh, maybe Raekwon Williams could have made the team or maybe they could have saw like Anthony Rush as a guy who gives them a different element in that he's huge and can be a run stuffer. But they don't. They just go with those four guys. Which is, do, do you read into that at all in thinking that you know, maybe Hargrave is going to be good to go for week one? Uh, or, is that, or is that a stretch? I, I mean, I never really thought they were going to keep five, so I wouldn't really make too much out of it. But, I mean, if they kept a fifth, that certainly wouldn't be a good sign, you know, that yeah, right, there is availability. Right, right. Um, and I think it's, you know, they're probably going to get Williams on the practice squad. I wonder if Rush might get picked up somewhere just because, you know, he has game film. And he obviously, you know, the Raiders picked him up. Like, what, maybe the Raiders want him back. You know, they, the Eagles signed him away from their practice squad last year. Like, he might have options. But, yeah, four there. And obviously, I think, you know, keeping six at defensive end kind of goes with that. Like, that yes. makes sense. Yes, yeah. Ten total is fine for a defensive line. And you have, you know, Vinnie Curry you can slide inside, too. So yep. And Bernie Graham. Um, defense, uh, excuse me, linebacker. Uh, so they keep Nate Gary, of course. Duke Riley, TJ Edwards were all locks. Sean Bradley and Davion Taylor were pretty much locks as rookies and uh, as rookie draft picks, that is. And the sixth guy, a mm. um, little bit of a surprise. Not totally, but a uh, little surprise. Alex Singleton makes the roster. So every linebacker made the roster. They didn't make any cuts at linebacker. All six that were that finished out camp mm-hmm. uh, made the team. So I think Singleton really only sur- survives here because the Eagles don't feel good about Bradley and Taylor actually playing in the regular defense at any point. So yeah. if you have Riley or Edwards go down, then Singleton is now your – he's like – he's in the game. He, I think Singleton is – while he was like on the bubble to make the team, I think he's now the fourth linebacker ahead of Bradley and Taylor. Yeah, I also have that written that out on Bleeding Green Nation. I did a depth chart and I have him. I, I, I bumped him up to the fourth guy, even though I thought, you know, he was like the sixth one at the position. Yeah. yeah I agree with you. And, and just, you know, look at what Jim Schwartz said about how he feels like linebacker is one of the harder positions for rookies to play. And uh, I, I thought they could have gotten Singleton to the practice squad without really any Agreed. issues. So I don't really love it from that sense. And I, I felt like you could call him up, you know, if you really needed to. You could get by with like Bradley 
in a game if you had to, and you can call up, you know, Singleton. But whatever. I mean, it's not the end of the world. It's it's fine. Now the biggie. Cornerback. They keep Slay, Maddox, Roby Coleman, Grave on the Blanc, and you abandoned guy. your boy. My guy, <laughs> your, who I your final never abandoned. Projection. You left poor Craig James. You had Craig James all along. You abandoned him at the final hour. I didn't have him all along, and then I had him on my final projection. He makes the team. Mm. Had a boy, Greg Craig James, and so he's on contract extension. Yes, right. He's he's uh, he's now under contract through 2021. Uh, they did a similar thing last year with uh, Craven the Blanc. Of course, the big news here is that Sidney Jones and Razul Douglas are no longer, for the time being anyway, Philadelphia Eagles. Poor on out, Jimmy. Sad, sad day. <laughs> um, on Sydney, I don't want to hear any of this this BS that like, oh, it was still a good pick. It was a good re- – no, it was not a good pick. Said it at the time. <laughs> Do, the does injured, anyone say that? Yeah, I've seen Who? that. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I can name names here if you want, but uh, no, no free <laughs> how, ads. How could anyone possibly feel that way? I don't know. But like I think I have seen that sentiment out there from, from you know, prominent media people. That like uh, you know it was it was worth the risk. No, it wasn't. No, worth the it risk. was not worth the risk. It was dumb, and that's not hindsight. Like again, I want to give props here to you know, our buddy Dave Mangles, right to BGN, had a great article in, two, in March of 2017. You know, like a mo- over a month before Sidney Jones was drafted, that like don't draft this guy. You know, the injury redshirt guy like almost never works out, it, or just you know it's it's not a good bet. And it wasn't with Sidney Jones. He played in 23 out of 54 possible games for the Eagles. He was not available. Even when he was available, as you've mentioned, he was not, uh, like, reliable on the field in the sense of, like, you always talk about the Vikings game from last yes. year where he came out. And, uh, and then, like, and Schwartz just couldn't rely on him. And Malcolm Jenkins called him out at points. It's just so this didn't, he didn't deserve to make the team. That was the bottom line. Yes. Like, he just didn't, like... He did not earn a spot on the team. You can't just keep him around and be like, oh, potential, potential. No. Like, you have to earn you have to earn your spot on the team. And he didn't. And shout out to Craig James who did. And with Rizul, you know, I think it's kind of tough because when you look at your configuration here, Jimmy, you know, a lot of these, like, you could argue, I mean, um, um, Maddox, like, arguably should be a slot guy. Like, yeah. his mold of a player. Nickel Roby Coleman is a slot guy. Strap is a slot guy. And Craig James isn't like a pure slot guy, but he's been in there too. <laughs> like, he's not. He's not a big guy either. So yeah, even, he's, even he's if 5'10". He, even, I mean, he's mostly played on the outside um, when he's gotten into games with the Eagles. But yeah, as, I mean, yeah. I, I, so Slay is the tallest corner at six he, feet. He. Is, what, what did you say? Is he five ten? Is that right? Yeah, that's what they list him at. Okay, that might be generous. He might be like a five nine. Yeah. And a half. Yeah, but he's yeah he's a, he's a smaller guy for sure. So it's I mean Slay isn't a big guy either. Slay is what six foot. Six foot even, yeah. Yeah, and he's a skinny guy, so they don't really have any any big corners. Craig James is their heaviest listed corner at 195 pounds. Uh, okay. So he's thick. So Razul, like, I, we, we've met, I've mentioned this already on, on the podcast, I believe, but you know he has positive traits. He's good ball skills. He's tough. He'll come up and hit. Like He tackles well. Well, that's good, but... We saw what it what it is last year. <laughs> like he just can't he just can't stick with receivers down the field, and that is sort of uh, the death knell of uh, of a corner in today's league. If you can't if you're giving up big plays left and right, then you just can't you just can't be in the game. I know that like a lot of people think that um, he should be a safety or he should have been a safety all along, and you know I certainly understand that. But my concern with him being a safety, though, too, is you still need athleticism. So if you're like a deep middle guy, you still mm-hmm. got to be able to, you know, go sideline to sideline. And I don't know if he can do that. 
And then also at some point when you're a safety, you have to drop down into into the slot and you're going to have to cover receivers down there or cover running backs. I think he could handle tight ends, but um, if he has to cover any, anyone that's shifty in any way uh, in the middle of the field, I don't think he can do that. So I don't know if that would necessarily really be an answer either. It'll be really interesting to see where he lands. I don't think it'll be so interesting to see where Sydney lands because I think he's going to fail wherever he goes. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a very mean thing to say, but I think Razul can be successful in other schemes. Like you look at like a guy like Richard Sherman, and I'm not comparing Razul to Richard Sherman, of course, but they are at least similar kind of body types. And, you know, Richard Sherman isn't super athletically gifted. Uh, so maybe Razul can be, uh, you know, successful in, in like cover three kind of scheme or, you know, a scheme similar to what the 49ers run or what the Seahawks ran back in the day. So I'd be curious where, where he ends up. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll like to sort of follow his career from here on out. So do you think both of those guys will get claimed or picked up? I think Razul is going to be on somebody's 53-man roster on week one. Hmm. I don't – I think Sydney will too just because some team will go, ah, we'll see what we can do with him. Because there's, you know, there's a lot of bad teams. So mm-hmm. like some bad team that knows they're not going to contend this year, they may as well bring him in and take a look at him. Whereas Razul, I think, is a candidate to go to a decent team. Like yeah. I said, in and with the right scheme fit, so we'll see. Maybe Eagles don't draft players who run a four six forty and then play them at cornerback. <laughs> Just an idea. Like know, City Jones, future. I could see landing in uh, Carolina, for example. There are reports that they are looking for corners, and that's a super young team. They're, and they have they, some former Eagles people in the front office there, analytics they, director. They know they're not going anywhere. <laughs> like they know it, so he he makes sense there. Razul for like you know. Falcons, Seahawks, 49ers, some team like that, I think it would make sense. I mean, that's obviously the big news. Then you talk about those guys, you talk about the 2017 draft class as a whole. I mean, it's only Derek Barnett and Nate Gary left. Yeah. From, left. And then obviously, if you want to include Corey Clement, undrafted rookie free agent from that year. But geez, not a, not how he's best work, you could say. Yeah, what was the, there was the other year where uh, uh, I guess it was, I guess it would have, would have been the Danny Watkins. Jaquan Jarrett year. 2011. There was a few undrafted guys that came out of that. Like all the undrafted guys were better than the guys they actually picked. I forget at this point. But uh, I, I want to uh, – one more the last thing on the corner is that like, you know, it's pretty disappointing that Sydney – neither Sydney nor Rizul worked out. You know, like like that class was considered to be pretty loaded with cornerback talent. Yes. And for you to get like nothing out of that basically – I mean, I think Rizul was a fine if you if, – as a backup, but still, I mean, you took him a third round pick. You're looking for more than that to get really just nothing in the end out of those guys. Didn't even finish out their rookie contracts, at least. Like that's pretty bad, and it also kind of goes to why they had to overpay Darius Slay. You know, or you know, not maybe overpay, but they had to make him the highest paid corner in the NFL, and then they had to trade for him too. Like, yeah, that's, how he even how he even said that? How he yeah. said, you know, we're paying for the mistake of yep. of drafting two corners in 2017 who have not definitively become starters for our for our defense. Mm-hmm. And that's that's where it manifests. Like you can't just look at poor drafting and be like, oh, you know, that, that's how it manifests. Into you have to spend more money. And guess what? The Eagles are tight up against the cap. So I wonder why. Safety six here, Jimmy. Seems yeah, like a lot. surprise, surprise, big surprise here for me. I actually had Rudy on, <laughs> but they kept Rudy Ford and Marcus Epps. So yeah. we'll just run through real quick. Jalen Mills, Rodney McLeod. Uh, Will Parks, who's probably going to go on IR tomorrow. Well, especially if you're getting six. Yeah. Wait, say again. Especially if you're keeping six, like that's definitely yeah, not a right. good sign for him. Right. So uh, Kayvon Wallace, uh, and then like we like we said, the, the final two are Marcus Epps and Rudy Ford. I, anyway, 
I mean, first of all, I mean, Rudy Ford making the team, like, after what he did on special teams last year, I just, like, I don't get it. He was terrible <laughs> yeah. on special teams last year. Yeah. He had, like, some of the most penalties in the league. Like, I know you said fit, like, said guys at that spot get penalized, but, like, okay. But, like, I just, I remember even some, like, I can't remember the specific instance, but I remember there were specific instances where, like, I think he had a big penalty in that Dallas game they got down in early. Like, there were some, like, really, like, momentum-shifting penalties that he had, or mistakes yeah, that he it had. it wasn't even, like, the penalty, like, it wasn't even, like, uh, you know, they lost yards because of the penalties or whatever. Like, he negated uh, a pretty decent return in mm-hmm. one game. Uh, so, yeah, his his penalties were, were they they really did sort of impact, uh, you know, some games. And how he even said during the press conference, like, yeah, we need better that. production production out of him uh-huh. as a special teamer. <laughs> but but they want to stick with him, I guess. So he gets another chance. We'll see. And then I guess, like, I would put really, I think Epps might be your, in a way, like, I think he's going to see the playing or the field. Before. He's the third safety right now. Yeah, he really is. With he's Will Parks see... out, he's going to be the third safety. For, he, oh, I mean, for sure. Yeah, he's going to see playing time over Kayvon Wallace. Like, this, that's, a, that's why they kept six here in part two is because they don't trust. And that's another position, like linebacker that Schwartz said. Safety is like one that is hard for rookies to learn in a normal offseason, let alone one here. And especially if it comes to more so, you know, the free safety role, like that deep safety guy. Like this is a clear sign to me that like Epps is that guy and Wallace is not going to be that guy. Like if they thought Rudy Ford would have been the third safety – then you don't keep Epps. Yes. But they're keeping Ford for special teams purposes and then Epps is the third safety. And then they might just they might just get rid of Epps when Parks comes back. Yeah. Cuz you can't have <laughs> you can't have six safeties on your roster throughout the season. And it's and don't, I wouldn't think of it as six safeties right now because again like we said, well Parks is almost certainly going to go on IR on Sunday. So yes. it's really more like five and then they're going to add another guy at a different position at some point. Special teams probably running back is uh you know Jake Elliott. Cameron Johnston, Rick Lovato, Brandon Brooks on PUP. He will miss at least the first six games and obviously maybe the entire season, although not officially ruled out, you know. You know, maybe they Yeah, he can go, he can go back at any time off a of pop. Maybe they make like a deep playoff run and then he could come back. I mean, that's the realistic best case scenario to me. Uh the Eagles confirmed Andre Dillard will be out by the season by putting him on IR before the cuts, so he's done. And then, you know, Perkins also on IR done. The Eagles can start signing their practice squad again. 1 p.m. on Sunday. Obviously, guys have to clear waivers for them to be available. And some of them did, Jimmy. The 12 guys that the Eagles cut on Thursday, so like Deontay Burnett, uh, Adrian Killens, like Luke Jariga, um, you know, those kind of guys, you know, I, I think they will surely be looking to have on. I thought it was interesting how he admitted, like, they're going to have to have some more veterans on the practice squad. And obviously, you have those six spots now where you can have unlimited experience, uh, unlimited accrued seasons in the NFL uh, with those spots. So, Thought that, thought that was a little interesting. I guess, you know, in theory, you know, if Rizul Douglas doesn't get claimed, which, you know, you said you think he will, he will I, I would think he will. But if he doesn't, like, you, you could bring one of those guys back on the practice squad. Yeah, who, who were you talking about again there? I, I, you cut out there for a second. Oh, sorry, Rizul. Um, I also think, like, a Trevor Williams could make sense for the practice squad, you know, because he's a guy with, like, game experience and obviously didn't have a ton of time with the Eagles, but he started in the NFL before, so you might want to keep him around. The guys that I can't have make the practice squad, so, like, I tied with Bo Wolf for the. This is a uh, sham, by the way. I was writer. not invited into this competition. <laughs> There's only nine people in total. Total sham. Self-proclaimed king of the beats doesn't want to open up the field. Okay. Well, I tied with Bo for uh, the most correct players on the 53 part. Uh, so now it goes to the practice squad. We have 13 of the of the same 16 practice squad guys. <laughs> like, so for him, 
Uh, he has Winogo. I think that's a good chance for him. He's got uh, Manasseh Bailey. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if I'm saying that right. And Trevor Williams. Uh, I have uh, Jannard Avery. So that's not looking great. Marcus Epps, also not looking great. And uh, Sharif Miller, which, eh, I think he's going to get mad and, and go somewhere else. Um, oh, we didn't. We never mentioned Sharif Miller, by the way. Uh, also, one of the cuts. <laughs> also, uh, you know, uh, sort of a, a mistake by by the front office uh, using a fourth round pick in the 2019 draft for him. Invisible in the last uh, two camps, and then invisible, of course, during the regular season as well. So, what do you think about him? Think he sticks in the practice squad, or he goes somewhere else? I mean, maybe you know, Joe Douglas really likes him. Maybe the Jets, you know, pick him up. Or Andrew Barry in Cleveland, you know, these yeah. former guys in theory. Um, but, yeah, I could see that. And the other thing with Miller, as I brought up before, is like you know, how he said that year was loaded at defensive line. And it was, you got, yes. You got it. And you got a guy who didn't play a single defensive snap for you. And <laughs> this is two years after you drafted yeah. Donald Pumphrey in a class that was loaded at running back, self-proclaimed by Howie Roseman. And he didn't play a snap in the NFL ever at all. So, like – now, and how he's tell his credit, he did say this year he didn't want to claim the wide receiver class historical, and the receivers are looking good so far. So maybe he's learned his lesson. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, not the best look for him on cut down day. You no know, Jones and Douglas and, and Miller, these guys can cut like you know, not the not the best optics there. Well, didn't he say the? No, I think he did say the wide receiver class had the potential to be historic, didn't he? I thought he cautioned against that this oh, year. Did I remember he? Okay. him specifically kind of be like, I don't want to say that because he, he knows he <laughs> oh, right. did that in the past. <laughs> right, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Do it again. <laughs> That's funny. Any, any final thoughts, Jimmy? Uh, yeah, let's go Sharif Miller. Uh, let's go <laughs> Gennardi Avery. Maybe he gets cut uh, and he comes back to this practice squad. <laughs> and uh, let's go uh, Marcus Epps. He's not getting cut. But yeah, I've come in second place in this stupid thing like, Already three times, and I'm pretty sure it's going to happen for a fourth time. So I'm like the Buffalo Bills of uh, of the 53-man Eagles beat writer competition. There you the, go. The 1990s Buffalo Bills, that is, not the more recent Buffalo Bills. The, one that, the, one, the, the ones that lost in the Super Bowl every year. This has been BGN Radio, <laughs> episode 145. We'll have more coverage to you. I don't know what it'll look like, but obviously, you know, practice squad being formed again on Sunday, September 6th. I'll be listening to this, so... Um, do something about that. I don't know how it'll be covered exactly, but stay tuned. You know, you'll find out if you subscribe to BGN Radio and you know, rate review all those good things help support the show. Obviously, help support the show too by supporting our sponsors. You know, right to sell and craft turkey. You can go there to right to sell Use discount code BGN fifteen at checkout, fifteen percent off. Uh, also, again, just want to plug the SB Nation NFL show. I didn't even tell you to subscribe, but obviously, go do that. Um, gonna have links on Bleeding Green Nation for that, and also gonna try to get Kiss to put a note, uh, link in the show notes here, so you can just kind of click on it there. Gonna be a lot of good stuff on that feed as well, general NFL coverage. I'll be talking about the Eagles on there too, I'm sure. Um, so again, that's the SB Nation NFL show. Go subscribe to that. And until next time, Jimmy. Goodbye, everybody. BGN. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. 
Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting fundrise.com fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.